Zwift has group rides for all levels. With a ride approximately every 30 minutes, you can join a group and ride that fits your schedule and your level. Group rides stay together behind a leader. They enjoy friendly banter, a relaxed vibe, a little bit of fun and some friendly racing. Just like rides in the real world, except there's no worries about a rear wheel puncher slowing the group down or being left behind. Check it out for yourself at Zwift.com today. Welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast for another look at this week's crazy world of cycling. Before we start, let me remind you that you can download or stream this podcast on our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash cyclingcentral, from our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral, or from hitting a ride with our lovely friends at Zwift. This week, for you, we've got this. This Sunday is a World Championship, so I'm, you know, I'm just really happy to be back on the bike, go out training, paint for super happy just to be able to ride my bike. He's fit, he's ready. Henrik Hosler was with Sophie Smith and then we'll debate on whether or not he will be a real help for Bling Matthews. Also, we've got this. I'm still not uh, 100% sure. I tried now the TT bike, I tried Friday the road bike and I will make the decision. That's right, the World Championships are here. And this question, will riders change their bikes as they hit the last climb of the time trial? This week we have a full house because uh, Dev Maka is back. How was the Vuelta? It was very good, but can I just say, I, I sort of had to barge my way in here. I, I wasn't convinced there was going to be a chair for me. It's a full house. Like yeah. No, it's very nice. It's very nice. It's good. Welcome back, Sophie. As well. Thank you. I should have started with you. So some sort yeah, of de- decorum first. Should, cool, be, yeah. uh, should be in place. And Pat, of course. You know. Yeah, lack yeah. of decorum. And I know. In fact, in fact <laughs> I uh, am not Macca, French. Macca came in and wanted to sit in my seat from the other weeks. Well, I've been here for a couple of weeks now, Macca, and I've got comfortable. So yeah. you just settle down there in the middle. Well, there's you are a, fair, a long supporter. So. There's a fair <laughs> few uh, level of uh, testosterone just gone up, <laughs> I think. Uh, let's talk about the World Championship, which are on the way on SBS. Uh, what are we thinking so far? Yesterday, time trial, the woman, Van Vruten, has won. How great of a victory it is, Maka. Yeah, she's she's incredible, isn't she? And you know what I, I, I thought about? And I know this is it's a little bit of a funny sort of way of looking at it, but it's like ever since she crashed in Rio, she's had these superpowers. She was a good cyclist prior to that, but it's like... It's like, you know, you know when uh, you see in movies and they, they bang their head and suddenly they've, they've got these special powers. It's like that's what's happened to her because ever since Rio, she, and she was in the spotlight for the wrong reasons in Rio, but ever since then, she's just been a dynamite. Wow, what a, what a rider, what an athlete. Did you see the race? I saw parts of it. Bit of a wake-up call. Maybe that's what Rio was for her. Sometimes mm. you see athletes crash and it sort of really changes their perspective and makes them... Sounds odd saying it after that, but a bit mm. more fearless, maybe. I loved it when she jumped barricade to hug her mum. Yeah. I'll take the emotional Well, good time to jump there. in there, too, because she mentioned in uh, her post-race interview, this is just as much for mum, and I'm glad because I stre- – you know, she knew. As the athlete, whenever you crash, Macca, you'll know this. When you crash, you know where you're at. It's your parents. It's your wife. It's your children. They don't know – 
how you are, particularly, you know, you take even Richie Port in the Tour de France. Yeah. He looked a very unwell. Yes. But when, yeah. but he was alert the whole time. But from television, you can't tell that. Her parents couldn't tell that either, her mum. And uh, she said, you know, I'm glad I can give her these amazingly uh, positive emotions after the stress that sort of she felt responsible for giving her, her mum uh, when in Rio. And, look, we spoke about it in last week's pod where we, you know, said she could do the double. She can do the double. But how amazing uh, let, let me just strike my next question because that was my next question. Oh, so. <laughs> can she do the double? Well, I think she definitely can. And we know the Dutch team is the strongest, but oh, I'm really you know, biased. So I'm hoping, that, uh, I'm hoping that the Aussies can do the job. Well, uh, yeah, to add to that, it wouldn't be a, from an Australian perspective, it wouldn't be a complete disaster because she's just re-signed for Orica Scott Three too. Years. So we, we love to claim them, don't we? And, she's uh, a, she's happy where she is. On an Aussie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, she spent a lot of time out here she last wins. January. If she doesn't, then she's done. Oh, we By the way, enemy coup. Enemy coup. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, you showed me a photo of a British rider as well uh, on social media. I uh, did. That was pretty... Uh, it's on social media and then horrific crush. Uh, young junior rider, British junior rider by the name of Lauren Dolan. Uh, you can see it on social media. A lot of the British press have run with it. I'm going to show it's the boys in the studio. It's incredible. She's the... crashed in the junior time trial and it, no. she's oh, got a tennis wow. ball size. I'm looking at it as we speak. I've seen it. I've seen it, Macker. It's it actually, I'm not like, I'm pretty desensitized to cycling crashes, but um, that one made me like my stomach flip <laughs> this morning. And she finished the race. She finished so the race. On a road bike race. too. On a road yeah. bike. And I actually had retweeted that picture and I just said, you know, like this actually shows you, even at such a young age, the sacrifice that goes into the preparation for these athletes. Because normally speaking, and, and look, when you see the pictures, you'd question yourself whether you'd have the the mindset and the capabilities of getting back on the bike and bothering to push on. But what she wanted to prove was that all that sacrifice wasn't a waste of time. And she's gone through, okay, she's finished three minutes 45 down. That's not the that's not the whole point of the, the, the process. The process was I've finished because this is what I worked so hard for. And look, the gash out of her her leg, that'll be stitches for sure. It'll be I a wondered lot of if she was just like in shock. Bite. It looks like it's hit the bone. Oh, you'd think I'm so. wondering <laughs> if she even remembers the finish of the race because I think yeah. if I'd seen that, I would have been Yeah, like, I think game the adrenaline over. the adrenaline's gotta got yeah. to the finish line. Yeah. Positive wow. note from the juniors race, though. Madeline Fashnack from Australia in bronze medal and uh, first year. Yeah. Um, and an incredible uh, show of just how much work the Tasmanian Institute of Sport outside of the Australian development side, Tasmanian Institute of Sport as a state federation, has put into their riders in bleeding them through this National Road Series um, you, as well. You really rate them because you talked about them last week as well. You really rate their work. Well, Matt Gilmore's involved and Matt, you can't speak highly enough of, of Matt Gilmore. No, he's a, he's a gem. He's Particularly good. everything that he's done, and he doesn't try to cast a shadow over the over his program. He he's been an incredible rider professionally, and he does not draw any attention to himself. He d- gets in well, there, mechanic on the bikes. You know what I'd I'd say, and I think you could actually say this. And I'm not always, I haven't always been, you know, 100 percent complimentary of all the coaches in our state and national programs. But, however, most of them never really make it about themselves. And I think that's probably one thing that CA have done over the years. They bring in coaches or, or, or people who are going to fill those roles and they actually, 
I think inadvertently they test them out to see that, you know, how big's their ego and is it about them or is it about the athletes? And I think most coaches, I think we'd all agree on that. Most coaches in our national program, it's none of it's about them. They actually, they're, they're almost too far the other way because they don't want to be interviewed by people like us. Yeah. You know, I they're always the, putting their wall up when you think, thing, open up a bit more and, you know. Big thing about Matt Gilmore is he's doing it for female cyclists just as much as he is male cyclists, and that's rare to see, particularly at that grassroots level. And, yeah. you know, what Tasmanian Institute of Sport, and if you're a female state-level rider, you might want to be moving to the uh, to the Apple Isle, as they say, because... Uh, Jeez, that's a big call, nah, mate. I'm telling you right, <laughs> I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. The work, the, the work they're doing, the work they're doing particularly for female cycling and, yeah. and at that level is, is amazing. No, it is good. And I know nothing about wine. And I know nothing about Tasmanian wine either, but good beer in Tasmania. You know nothing good, about good wine, wine, you're a Frenchman. Know, Tasmania's good beer. You're just, <laughs> I'm going I'm to stop short of saying a disgrace, what, what but Australia's, you're getting there. You're so know, getting I'm not far. One of Australia's... <laughs> He was one of the first riders to win a stage of the Giro, owns a vineyard in Tassie. Michael there Wilson. you go, Michael Wilson. Yeah. It is a great beer. Lovello wines. Mm. We'll do a podcast from there one day, hey? Yeah. I'm still getting over the Frenchman saying he doesn't drink wine. Yeah, Isn't there a photo of you on social media this week necking I'm, a glass I'm, I'm of bread and trying to, it was trying to it was fit it on yeah. 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 No comment. Let's move on. <laughs> Christopher Froome, let's have a listen to this first. So, Chris Froome, you've checked out the course and the climb. What do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's brutal. That's brutal. Uh, I've never seen anything like that uh, in terms of uh, time trial. Um, yeah, equipment choice is going to be critical. What is the equipment choice? Will you change bikes at the bottom? I've got no idea. No <laughs> idea. I've just seen it now for the first time. So Christopher Froome, in his own words, he's never seen anything like it. Is he lying or not? No, I don't think he is because... He sounded pretty genuine, and because they also asked him the question, you know, are you going to switch uh, to a road bike? And he said, no idea. And uh, Really no idea? Do you yeah. think he's got genuinely no idea? I don't well, think British yet. cycling would go in and not have an idea. I think they yeah. might wait for the exactly. weather. But I don't think, like, they do everything to the – everything is planned. Could they but, make, could... but British cycling aren't Chris Froome, so they're not the ones on the actual bike. So I think he's – I've interviewed him enough times. I'd like to trust my instincts that – he said, he said, well, I've only just ridden it. I'm going to have to go fair. back and, you know, you know what it's like as a oh, rider. Yeah, You've got yeah. to think about it and go, hang on, how much seconds am I going to lose by changing? Not much. Could he make that decision on the bike or not? Oh, not, Chris, uh, no, not like Chris Friend. No, no, no. You but the other thing to consider like is... On how he feels. Yeah. No, he's got, he's got the option there and just make that decision yes, on the option. If, you, if yes you've got it. If you're humming, yeah. if you're humming on the TT rig and you think you can do it, but look, they've yeah. done their. Uh, they would have for several months had uh, data collected on that course, different days, different weather. They predict all the data is there. He'll he'll be swapping bikes. But the other thing, interesting thing that I'd like to raise, what do you think about this pushing saga? So when you change the bike, it's, there's a zone where you can change the uh, bike, and yep. then they can push you, be it, so you can clip in, etc. Do you agree or do you disagree? No, I must disagree because it's not a mechanical. It's a Yes. Yeah, if, if, if you crash or change wheel or whatever, yes, push off because it's you've had an can can we call it an unfair disadvantage? I suppose, opposed to you're trying to get an advantage, you're making the conscious decision to change. So no, no push. Yeah, I agree. What do you think? I don't think they should be changing the time trial or changing bikes at all. Boo! It's, I'm Boo. sorry, it's a time trial. And Tony, Tony Martin said this during the week and he did that. Oh, it's yeah, basically Tony like, for me because he's not going to win. Yeah. yeah. And he was he made the point of saying he thought it was sort of unfair that they could change bikes because then all the other teams, and this is why I don't believe that British Cycling or Rod Ellingworth hasn't combed every inch of that road. They, they do it every year. 
that Tony had already done the math in his head saying you can make, you can lose 15 seconds, but if you're a proper climber, you can make up 20 seconds on a road bike or something like that. Math is in my forte. I'm kind of with him on, on, on that in that it's a time trial. I don't think you should, Mac is no, looking at me like, no, no, you know what? I was, I was just hanging, no, <laughs> no, I was hanging I it on you. I don't think you should. It's, you it's should like, pull me up, pull me up because if, uh, well, I don't know if you ever did see me race. I was the world's worst time trialer. So in actual fact, I couldn't give it. <laughs> so no, but I, I, so, you know, I was being silly. I, I do tend to agree with you. I, it's a it's a tricky one, isn't it? What do you well, think? Well, ultimately, you've got to remember that the, you're allowed to change to a, a, a different bike if you have a mechanical. I don't really think it's a problem if you want to change. But bike, it's a time trial. Yeah, but hang on, which if, is what you're saying. Yeah. It's a pure you ask time. my opinion. Yeah, and I'm, and, <laughs> I, and, I'm, and I'm jumping no. in. So come on. <laughs> what I'm saying is that you are effectively handicapping yourself by stopping, getting on another bicycle, and then retaking off. So you've lost that time anyway. So it's like a chessboard movement, you know. I think that it's it's measured. You are disadvantaging yourself, so you're stopping. And I think by the end of it, it's it's really going to come down to who has the best legs. It's not going to be if you didn't change your bike, you were going to lose. So I there's still no think, guarantees. No. Yeah, and you know what? I think that it's probably a safety thing more than anything. Riding a time trial bike, particularly if it's wet on the cobbled section, well, you could have an endless amount of riders mm. dropping themselves and the injuries. And I think that's where cycling's more looking to try and make it safer. And that's the that's probably the big thing. So that. That uh, changing bike zone is there for the safety as much as anything else. They're saying change your bike if you don't feel safe to go over the section with your time trial equipment. And I think uh, I kind of like it. It adds a new aspect for the spectator in particular. And you know what we need more than anything is people watching cycling. Chris from World Champion, how does that ring in the year? Gee, it just tops off a perfect year almost, doesn't it? Really? That's yeah, a year where, and I don't yeah. think he'd start if he didn't think he could genuinely. Nah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, a year where he really struggled to find what a victory was until very, very late, and now it all sort seems to be sort of culminating into this almost historic season. He's got a bit greedy though, hasn't he? At the end of the Vuelta, I'm sure you guys discussed it. What like two weeks ago, or he went for the points jersey on the final yeah. day. Mm. How good was that? Well, it was good, and it actually was a bit controversial as yeah. well because then he sort of, after everything he said about you know waiting for yellow jersey and that, does that not sort of step out the bounds of that? I know it's not sort of the discussion we plan to have, but it does really step outside that the rule system of the unwritten rules of don't attack the yellow jersey when he's crashed or whatever. But then he goes for the sprint jersey on the last and day. And Trentin must have been guilty. Well, he, you know, he. Apparently, How was he if you met him? Yeah, apparently uh, that morning of the final stage, he went to Trenton and told him. So at least he was a gentleman about it and said, dude, I'm going to sprint you, sorry. <laughs> no, well, that, changes, that, that? Changes. I think that changes the situation yeah. because uh, that, knowing that, that's a very different scenario. But back to him winning this world time trial, I don't think he'll win, but if he does... We spoke about it weeks ago and said that if he wins a world title, regardless of whether it's time trial or road race, it puts him up the top with Eddie Merckx. Mm. As to be said. Sophie, you had a good chat with uh, with Henrik Hassler. He says he's fit, he says he's healthy. He hasn't ridden, we've talked about it before, but he hasn't had so much competition this year. Fit, healthy, can he be that plan B that Pat thinks he can be? I flat out asked him that question just for you, Pat, and I'm sorry, but he has no intentions of being Easy But it gives me a lot of pleasure no, that you <laughs> had to ask just to be sure you could wind me up about it. No. <laughs> You can ask him to blame Christoph for that. Um, no, no, no. I, like, I, I can sort of, I think, safely and definitively say he's got no intention of being plan B. He's been through hell with this 
knee problem. Got triggered um, after the Qatar World Championships last year. He's had two surgeries. And when I say surgeries, the way he details them, it sounds like they've ripped his knee apart and taken stuff out and put maybe 60% of it. I was surprised in the interview how much you knew about uh, knee surgery as well because you had the good questions about was it this or was it that? And did you work in a pharmacy? Or did you work I did that? work in a pharmacy, but it had nothing to do with that. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. You should listen to the interview because she was like, good question about <laughs> was it here or was it I just this? Like, was it? What, what part of the knee is that? And he like, he, he obliged. She eventually. was on a medical app and she's know. just moving <laughs> the body <laughs> yeah. parts around. She's like, operation One app. Second. What, what, so, what's that game, doctor? Is that operation? As a kid? Legitimately, like, like, he's had two operations on this knee. He, he's gone to different specialists. It sounds like he's been through, like, rigorous treatments with it every day. And actually, I mean, he's seriously considered his career this year based on this injury because he's only done 10, 10 race days, 1,900 kilometres, 10 yeah. race and days. And when was his last and race day? He did the two races in Canada. But he's right. only done one stage race. Everything else has been one-day races. So, And I flat out asked him to his credit. He answered the question. I flat out said... You know, in Australia at the moment, the conversation is you're a you're a shock inclusion in this team. How do you actually? Let's that? have a listen to this grub because he he defends his place in the team. It's just normal that people on the outside that they um they think that. But um the thing is too, you know, it's a one day race. It's a world championships. It's not, for example, a world championships like next year where you have like four or five thousand meters of climbing. It's a you could pretty much say it's it's like a quite like a Belgian classic. So um, I went there with um, with Matt, with uh, Bling. Um, I think it was in April or May. I can't remember. We had a look at the course, rode a few days on it, and um, I mean, it's not. Uh, I mean, yeah, you have to earn your position and you have to do special results to get into the team. But I mean, you also have to take the, the best nine guys that can do the job so he can win, regardless. He's quite frank. He belongs in that team. He is. He he wants to be there. I I asked him as well if his career was. Uh, you know, dependent on the World Championships because he's only got a one-year contract with Bahrain Merida and he's saying even after Worlds he's going to have to weigh up where he's at, where his knee's at because it doesn't make sense. So he hasn't got another year? No. He's saying the team will support him and and sign him if all's well with his knee but just talking to him you can hear it in his voice like mentally I think if anything this this has really affected him this year but... He believes he can be there to the finish um, with Michael Matthews. He actually, they together, I didn't know this, did a recon of the course in April so that he knows it quite well and asking him to sort of spell it out for me because Simon Jones, even when we, I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, he was like, well, it's a world championship, so kind of anything can happen. It's that cliche. But Heinrich was saying that if it rains or if the weather's fine it could that could really heavily influence and that's the one thing about Heinrich Hauser you can say that regardless of form his cycling IQ is impeccable it is and I want to ask you Macca is with his IQ and also being a rider that has raced for the victory before being given a role where you don't have to worry about winning the race you don't always have to be as fit or even close You've got one job to do. You can focus on that. He's not having to worry about thinking about who's up the road or whatever. There'll be other guys to worry about that. So you're telling us he's not a plan B? So, well, he isn't. We've been told that. <laughs> no, so can no, he no. fulfill that role really well on limited race days, particularly because it's a one-day race? Well, the question, yeah, the question mark I think I have on that, and probably everyone does, is... Is he the last man in line for Michael Matthews? Which means he's got to get the whole, is. what is it, 250, 270 clicks. So you'd, he you'd said think that's, so. Yeah, that's so the he ideal needs run. to make it to the finish. So has he got, you know, six, seven hours 
race fitness in his body. Well, now, thing- for anybody, and he is a class act. I think we all rate him sitting here at his very best, but we know he's nowhere near his very best. So that's a question mark. But again, I'd roll the dice with him. Probably the, the biggest the biggest debate about it all has been though, we could each of us could. Uh, name three or four other riders that could easily fill that spot. Except that they didn't put their hands up. That's the big problem. So he had to fill the role because they had no ninth rider in the end. I think that's why it Simon became... Simon didn't put his hand up? Well, yeah, well, he did. Yeah. <laughs> well, he certainly did. And that's Are we being down? No, we're not. But, <laughs> but he's been had... in that position at, uh, before. Copenhagen World Championships. Yep. He, he let out Matt Goss. Uh, and Mark Renshaw didn't get selected. And Mark Renshaw's trade team up. Yes. Mark Cavendish won that year. Yeah, yeah, true. So... He's actually so been, he's, when you uh, think about it, Honrick, he forgot he was Australian national champion. I reminded him of that last night. He went, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. He wants to be there in the end, if it become, and he says he believes he can and be there. For me, the underlining tone, without undermining him, I don't know, I don't think anyone knows how his knee's going to hold mm-hmm. up. He said it was only a few days ago that it was the first day in a year that he's woken up and Maybe he sees it as a final it. way of, uh, well, in the twilight of his career, if his knee's not right, this could be the way he knows he can't get success himself. He might finish on a high in an alternative way. And if he does and gets the job done, well, Australia will still be extremely proud of him. Maka, how much are you looking forward to uh, actually be there for that race on, on our screen on SBS? Oh, it's, the, the world is always, you know, it's a phenomenal and exciting race. And I always think about the worlds from when I was a kid watching, Absolutely, you know, when it would it had arrived on a VHS, you know, three <laughs> weeks later. Where are you from? It's so unique. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they're so unique. They're, they're just, you know, whether we're, you know, the fact that it's a rainbow jersey, it's, it sounds normal to all of us, but it's not. There's no other world championship that gets something like that. So it's, it's a real special thing. Is anyone going to beat Peter Sagan? That's a big question. I don't think anyone's going to beat him. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but sorry to be a party pooper. I just don't I know if anyone depend, will beat him. Like Heinrich was saying, I'm just sort of going on his observations here. He was saying the weather was fine. He thinks because that there's a like eight or ten k stretch from the last climb to the finish, and he thinks that's plenty of time to bring the group back. He was saying maybe it's thirty, forty guys that arrived to the finish in that case. But Sagan doesn't always win a sprint from thirty or forty guys. Well, it's not going very rarely. Got disqualified from Tour de France. Very <laughs> rarely, Sagan. When he and yeah, I agree with you, but when you think about it, very rarely does he lose at the end of two fifty or two seventy. So for a guy who's still relatively young, Sagan's so much stronger than anyone else. The further the race goes, wow. he's just better. So well, here's a question for you. There's a very big flip of the coin between <laughs> him and the Belgians. Van Avermaet and uh, <laughs> Philippe Joubert. If, if we just say on the podium. Can yep. I ask you both, or all three of you, if you put Michael Matthews, who's done the Tour de France and, and kicked on well since then, or Peter Sagan, who's maybe rested during the Tour de France because he got disqualified, who lines up in better form in Bergen? Sagan. I would say Sagan because, as well. he's, because he's fresh. Uh, yeah, and, and, yeah, a little bit. I, I said it. He's fresh and the angry. Or does it help having, he's like... Fresher, he's, he's fresh and Blessing angry. in disguise what's happened at the Tour. Not yeah, but, I mean, Matthews that. has got a grand tour in his legs and he's confident now because he knows that... He got over terrain. Look at look at how Sagan a couple of weeks ago, Quebec. Look mm-hmm. at how he beat. There's your podium, and he yeah. absolutely belted them. Wow! And well, Van, well, Ava, Van Avermaet jumped when he jumped, was right on his wheel, and he took two lengths on him when he jumped. So if he's if he's got that form at the worlds, and that's your nearest, that's your closest marker. That's no, as close as we've, we're going to see where their forms at. You know, between now and Sunday, I can't. The see obvious anyone. concern for Sagan is that if he does, if the, if a move goes away, he's not represented. He's done. He doesn't have the teammates to bring it back. 
Do we and want to talk about that? You know, uh, smaller teams. Is that, does <laughs> no, that we're not work talking better about better. <laughs> no, oh, well, we better not go there. <laughs> Maybe the Slovakian uh, national team decided that. Maybe they've got nine riders to fill, but they chose not to. Uh, well, it's going to be interesting to see this on uh, on SBS. I'm, I'm sure you're looking forward to uh, yeah. to be around that race. I am, and I know you guys have talked about it, but I am looking forward to the women's as well because I, I think the Aussie girls have got a great chance. I think they've got a great chance for two reasons: they've got talent, but two, this they are very they are so tight knit, and I've I've noticed and seen that throughout not just this year but the last few years, just on social media and everything. They really ride for each other, so I think the Aussie girls have got a big big chance. Absolutely. We'll take a short break and then when we come back, we just uh, wrap up what else is happening around the world of cycling. You're listening to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Don't you dare go anywhere. Zwift has group rides for all levels. With a ride approximately every 30 minutes, you can join a group and ride that fits your schedule and your level. Group rides stay together behind a leader. They enjoy friendly banter, a relaxed vibe, a little bit of fun and some friendly racing. Just like rides in the real world, except there's no worries about a rear wheel puncher slowing the group down or being left behind. Check it out for yourself at Zwift.com today. And welcome back to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, let's talk about everything else happening in the world of cycling. We have to start by the Giro and listen to this. Welcome, Giro d'Italia. The Grand Partenza will start here in Jerusalem. And uh, this is, we've invited a couple of the legends of the sport, recently <laughs> retired, Alberto Contador, nine-time uh, Grand Tour winner, and of course, the famous Ivan Basso, um, gentlemen and, and legends of the sport. And uh, introducing the, with the mayor, introducing them to Jerusalem, uh, getting a little lesson about this very complicated uh, uh, city. Um, nobody better to give that lesson than the mayor. And uh, welcome, welcome everyone, welcome to Israel. The Giro next year will start in Israel and will finish in Vatican. How much of a story is this? Maka, you wrote the Giro. Um, how I, big is this? I did. Well, when I wrote it, we started in the Vatican. Exactly. And uh, I nearly crashed actually somewhere. And you met the Pope? I think, yeah, I met the Pope. I think I almost crashed right outside his balcony, but anyway, <laughs> held it up. Um, it's huge. And it hasn't gone by without its fair share of uh, criticism either from, mm. you know, people who get fairly uh, Political, politically motivated and animated, very much so on social media. Um, I don't, personally, I don't really care about that. I think it's it's a good way to celebrate the race and good on them. They're, they're trying to go out to new ground and it certainly is new ground. I was asking someone a, a couple of months about this because there were rumours and I said, how long's the flight? So it's about a two to three hour flight, I think. So they'll you'd imagine they'll do the first three stages and then a rest day and a three hour flight. So mixes it up a bit, doesn't it? I'm a massive history nerd, so just purely from a nerdish point of view, I think starting in a place like as historic as Israel, I'd go and cover it just for that. And I, I can recognise all the, the political elements of it. As a journalist, purely from a logistic background, it's probably going to take journos twice as long as a comfy three-hour flight that the Peloton might yeah. take. I don't know. <laughs> yes, I didn't think about <laughs> that. The, the logistics where I sort of look at one of my colleagues and say, please do it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great. I think it'll, it'll be interesting in terms of how it works and crowds and how well it's received. But isn't that the whole ethos that the World Tour has had in, in recent years is to expand globally? The globalisation and it continues. And I think this is the first time that the Giro steps out of Europe, Macca. It is. Which is incredible. 
side it's to that. the first time any Grand Tour has stepped out of Europe, well, isn't it? Well, a question for all of you, probably more for you, Christoph. Oh, here, I'll ask Ooh. you a question now. Hey, <laughs> Christoph you, doesn't you like this. this. He's like a... Yeah, like, I'm taking uh, control. Where's the, where's the mute button? I'm well on Grand my fence. <laughs> Is this a leg up on the Tour de France? Have they jumped, have they jumped ahead of... Just in terms of... I reckon they have because, yeah. uh, you know, way back I spoke to uh, Christian Prudhomme and he mentioned that they've been approached with Qatar. They were, Qatar wanted to start the Tour de France in Qatar. They were prepared to pay pretty much as much as the Tour de France uh, is spending on the whole uh, on the whole race just to host this. And, and the Tour de France had to, to pull right. out of that deal. Um, but he, he, he basically said, I'm not sure how long we'll be able to fence this off. Um, so, But Giro is doing it. Mm. You know? So is that opening, opening a new way for the Tour de France to go and say, actually, they thought about doing a start in the US uh, when Armstrong, after he won his first tour, they thought to do a first week in the US, but they thought logistically that was not going to work. But if you, know. you go to the US, you might as well come to Australia. Absolutely. Say. <laughs> Furthermore, to what I was saying is that also this leads into the wild card spot going to the uh, Israel absolutely. Cycling Academy, absolutely, uh, which currently has Zach Dempster and Jason Lowndes, which are two Australians. So that's another opportunity that we can watch closely but also recently they signed the Turkish national champion and they've said openly if they get a start at the Giro he will ride now obviously there's those those political issues there too and so a couple of minor religious ones yeah, to go yeah. with <laughs> Ma- mainly mainly if we think about it this is this is cycling tackling some of the biggest world Issue, like issues, you mm. know, particularly religious religion uh, as Mac has well, mentioned. Well, they're making it front and centre, aren't and they? they? And I they guess. just said, well, you know, we're, as the Israel Cycling Academy, as a you know, government-backed uh, uh, cycling team, we're looking to be world tour in two to three years and they're willing to go on ground that, you know, others are scared to, to step on. It's, it's brilliant, actually. Mm. It's actually quite almost poetic. Do you think Israel is, is and how much Israel is paying to get this this first shot at the Giro? Good question. Good question. Um, I don't is there money involved? Yeah, oh, there's. There'd have to be. That, I mean, to it, be. if you think of a, a normal process of of, of a grand tour, you know, yeah, yeah of, of the, any race. when we talk yeah. about the Tour de France yeah. over the years, it's been sort of fairly well documented. You know that that a town, the town's bid for starts or finishes, etc. So it's only normal that Israel would would pay something. And but you just think in terms of the globalization and you know the the greater Jewish community around the world, it's it's a pretty good thing for cycling, I think. Um, and let's hope it's let's hope it works and works really well because yeah, I think it'd be a, it'd be disappointing and we'd all be losers, everyone who works and is involved in the industry, if it doesn't come off, you know, as a big success. That'd be disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. Any other news that we is worth mentioning? UCI presidential elections. Absolutely. With, uh, I can't remember who accused who, but uh, Cookson's come out, I think, Brian Cookson, the incumbent president's come out and accused Pat McQuaid, um, his predecessor. They had, of course, a very terse... <laughs> so he's, <laughs> very he's had a go at Pat McQuaid. Well, the, the allegations are that um, McQuaid has backed the, the Frenchman... And it was interesting because Brian, at the start of the year at the Tour de Monday, he held an 8 a.m. press conference on a Monday. Um, I don't know if it was, it was the UCI thinking that no one would go, but we did. And he was sort of, Cookson never says anything sort of outwardly controversial, but he was very sort of frank in saying, I think it would be better for David to let me run another term and then he can basically come in and the ship's his. Whereas David has instead gone, actually, no, I want the ship to be 
mine from Fair now. Call. And there's an allegation that Pat McQuaid Typical has been Frenchie. sending out <laughs> sending out um, emails to his contacts saying, I think you should back date, but this is all um, allegations. And then there was even a rumour going around that David might have promised McQuaid an honorary presidency if that happened. So it's all, I mean, it's politics, so it gets dirty and that's why it's exciting. But that's something else I've been following this well, week. And okay. I'd be interested to see if Cookson wins because he's not, he came in as the white knight and he just hasn't had a strong enough personality to really enamour well, people Well, it was never then. going to be fixed overnight if you talk, look at the problems, the greater problems of the sport because I think so many things to a degree were wrong with it. But I do have a little bit of intel on that. I'm glad you brought that up. So through my contacts uh, during the Vuelta, and this is just a bit more on the two characters. So Cookson, apparently within the UCI, he's a real delegator. So he's quite happy to, he sits at the top, but he's quite happy for people to run their certain sections of, okay. of, of their involvement at the UCI, which this one person I spoke to said, he's really good, he's a good leader like that. We, I go off and run my section and he, so he delegates and uh, whereas Le Patier is, is not so, he's more of a controller. But those people don't vote though. That's true. You know, they might be happy, but they're not voting. That's right. And it's so, been in the press this asked, week. I asked this individual, I said, who would you rather? And this person said, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, she certainly, oh, I just said she. So <laughs> it's a she. Whoop, it's out you there. Australian? <laughs> I think no, you'd say not, it's, it's, Is there an Australian that works at the UCI? Tracy Gordry. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? No, no, it's not Tracy. It's exactly. not Tracy. I can tell it's not Tracy. Let's clear, let's clear <laughs> it's not Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the public sphere, definitely though, not Tracy. that he yeah. is Couldn't a delegator. Yeah. But people have actually, I've read articles where people have said that can be interpreted as a bad thing. Well, I would have thought as a manager, as a president, that's what managing is, isn't it? Going, you'd think so. Here, yep. people, minions, whatever yep. you want to call them. Back yep. to the safety of cycling, reduction of peloton size is going to take effect very soon. Yeah, is that, that's okay going to do anything. But it's it's happening, though. They talk about the convoy will be safer. Well, there's going to be just as many vehicles because there's just as many teams, etc. It's just less riders. There's less bike on the top. Crashes actually happen more often because of the furniture that's involved in the race or the uncontrollable circumstances. It's not the athletes and it's not the size of the field. I raced some Italian races in Dilettante back in Italy, Macca, with 350 riders. And you saw less crashes in those races Mm. than you see in a a smaller 50-man field. So... That's definitely not going to reduce, uh, the, like, increase the safety for the riders. And I think it's just a throwaway, ridiculous um, idea. Yeah, okay, and there's a last thing we're going to mention. There's a e-crit happening uh, for our lovely friends at Zwift. Oh, yeah, 22 weeks. On every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. and 8 p.m., uh, there's been races taking place on Zwift. And the top six uh, Eastern Australians and top four Western Australians are going to meet up at Rafa uh, Cycling Club on Saturday evening. And I believe one of us is riding. Yes, and yeah. one of us is hosting. <laughs> Christoph's hosting. I'm racing. And there'll also be. Do you uh, have to be? It's because it's an e crit. Do you have to be fit for this? Well, you do. <laughs> yes, because I'm, I'm well. hanging it on I'm saying, is there an e-bar well, that Macker and I could well, just watch you at? Is there an e-bar that we could have an e-drink? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, there will be drinks <laughs> and, and food. Some e-cheering. There'll be drinks and food. There'll also be uh, other events before it as well, some Queen of the Mountain and King of the Mountain challenges. So it should be a great night. You'll be there, Christoph. I will. Uh, looking forward to you hosting it. But, um, yeah, I'll be there gruelling away, Macker, and I expect <laughs> that uh, some people will enjoy that. Uh, it should be good. It's been a pleasure to have you all here back uh, in the studio. Uh, Sophie, thank you for coming again. Thank you.
Maca, pleasure to have it you. It is uh, good back to be back. It is good to be back. It's I just a bit different a, from the Tour de France, you know. But it is a bit. I mean, we haven't got a bottle of red sitting around, so I think I hope in you a couple of weeks a meters. French bottle. Well, two <laughs> seconds make, ago make you didn't drink wine, and now you've got Limited wine hidden under your desk. Well. Yeah. I'm confused. <laughs> Talk to me about it. <laughs> Off record. Thank you, Pat. And now the marketing getting go cats. <laughs> oh. And this is it for this week's look at the world of cycling on a Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Let me remind you that you can download this podcast on soundcloud.com slash cycling central from our website sbs.com.au slash cycling central or you can book a ride with our lovely friend at Zwift I guess all is left for me is to say bye for now and we'll see you next week